and good morning. Boy, that's weak. Somebody had too much celebration yesterday. Good morning. So good to see you. As we begin, I want to begin with prayer today. Matt, it's your last day with us. I want you to come up here and lead us in prayer as we begin this service. We'll give him a hand as he comes today. We appreciate you. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your love for us, Lord. During this season, we are confronted with the miracle of the fact that our great God and King took upon flesh and came and dwelt among men. And Lord, you did that to where we could have eternal life and have an everlasting relationship with you in a way that mankind had never known before. And Lord, as we celebrate all of that this morning, I pray, Lord, that your name would be lifted up as it's never been lifted up before. Lord, we know that you are our God and we are your people. And you're aware of all things and you're in control of all things. And Lord, I pray that we would feel that peace in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that at this time we would worship you. Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct every aspect of this service. And Lord, may you speak to our hearts in a way that you've never spoke to us before. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And we ask this in the name of King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just remain standing because we're going to sing together. Matt, I'm going to ask you and Lindsay to go to the vestibule at the end of the service with Joey because we all want to hug on you some. It is an amazing thing, even when it's not the way we plan things, when God speaks and He moves. So now we transition. We're going to transition. Matt's going to be transitioning to what God has for him. We're going to be transitioning to who God has for us. And God will be glorified in all of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to sing. You know, in the Baptist church, especially in the days when we held a hymnal in front of our faces and hid behind that, Vance Hadron said... People tell more lies behind a hymnal than anywhere in the world. So I'm praying that we won't tell any lies behind the hymnal today. But you won't have to because all the words are printed. There's also a saying that says, well, that person is about as welcome as the third verse in a Baptist church. Because we have a tendency to sing the first, second, and the last sentences of whatever it may be. So today, joy to the world has four. Four verses. And we're going to sing every last one of them. Let's sing together.
Now this next song requires just a little bit of instruction. So here's how it goes. The choir, uh, the musicians will start, the choir will join them so that you can hear this first part, which we're going to repeat throughout the song, the medley. And then we're going to sing two verses of Angels We Have Heard on High without the chorus, two verses of Hark the Herald Angels Sing without a chorus, and then we're going to sing O Come All You Faithful, and then we'll go back and put a chorus in. Is that clear as mud? And all God's people said, amen. So just hang tight uh, and we'll see how this goes. I believe we'll be fine.
Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord today by my favorite pianist. Will you welcome her as she comes? The scripture today is from Matthew's Gospel, um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the day of, of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you, found, when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they came into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream to not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Thank you. Good morning. I got a question for you. When did you realize yesterday was Saturday? <laughs> when did it hit you? You didn't wake up. The whole day was not Saturday, was it? Sometime in the evening it hit you, or maybe last night you woke up in panic that it was now Sunday. I thought that was, I was not the only one. And so we're glad that you're here today. And uh, it is a special day. Uh, this is our last Sunday this year. And, uh, and also, uh, Matt, I have thoroughly enjoyed serving with him and working with him and learning from him. Uh, we've had some great experiences together, and uh, I don't think that's going to change. It's going to change, but it's not going to discontinue because Matt's a very special person, and God's got his hand on Matt. And I look forward. I, I expect great things between on both him and Lindsay and Charlie too. And so um, it, this is a story it's an, uh, about wise men. And I want, it's, it's a mysterious story. 
shrouded in mystery because a lot of things that we tradition has brought us may or may not be true we really honestly don't know we don't know how many there were some would say three why do we say three because of there are three gifts that's the only reason the bible doesn't say doesn't tell us how many where did they come from we have a good we have a good idea where he came from because of edu- of studying but the bible doesn't tell us it just just doesn't tell us it's east east okay how long did it take them to get there how many of y'all know that they didn't show up for the manger scene did y'all know that most of us know that I did that one time at a church, first church I pastored at, I, I, I debunked all the traditions that we had, and somebody came up to me and said, you've killed Christmas for me. <laughs> and I go, the truth shall set you free. <laughs> and so I'm not here to debunk all the things, but I just know this much. The, the, the wise men has a lot of mysteries behind them. And it is, let me just tell you this, it's a fascinating study. If you ever want to fascinate this, that's find out, just study about them. You'll find yourself in Daniel. You may even go to Balaam in the Old Testament, okay? Because um, you don't think of Daniel as a magi, but he was one. He was actually over them. And so there's a lot of mysteries, but there are some facts. And I want to focus on three facts today. But before we do that, I want to go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, that we can open your word together with brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you've given us your your words to be able to give us direction and guidance and wisdom in life today. And Lord, I want to thank you for those that are here today. Lord, this is a very good attendance for a day, Father, that most of us are struggling. Some of us ate way too much yesterday. And many of us stayed up way too late. But Father, we've committed ourselves to gathering together in, in your name. And Lord, we want to lift Jesus' name up today. Knowing, Father, that you're worthy of praise. and He's worthy of worship. So we've come to worship you today. And we ask your spirit at this very moment, Lord, to speak to each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you for the songs that we were able to sing to you today. Lord, I thank you for Scott and him bringing these right, the right message through the songs that we've sung today. And Lord, we sing them to you and we praise your holy name. We ask now, Lord, that you'll use, use me, Lord, hide me behind the cross. And Lord, may Christ be high and lifted up. And speak to us, Father, in a way that will not only glorify your name, but it will change our lives. And strengthen our faith. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. There are, this whole story is full of mysteries. But there are some facts about the, about the wise men that I want to bring to you. And I want to focus on the journey. Because I think the journey is, is a fascinating experience. A wise man's journey is one of faith. Folks, you can go on a journey. You can be inspired by romance. I can remember whenever I, uh, Shannon and I were dating. I was living in New Orleans, Louisiana. 
We met in Charleston, South Carolina, but I moved to New Orleans and we began a long distance relationship. And I'm telling you, coming from New Orleans and we'd meet in Spartanburg at my parents' house most of the time. Sometimes I'd actually go down to Charleston. But let me tell you, romance will motivate you to journey. Okay? My son right now is in Charleston, South Carolina because of romance. Okay? And he'll never see this. So uh, I can say that honestly. You'll travel for romance. You'll get on a, you'll do that. For money, you'll go on a journey. Folks, our country is here today because people were financially inspired to go across the big pond to finance, to explore, to find this. And when they found it, people were willing to, to willing to lay down lives to come over across. Because at that time, sea trips were very dangerous. Most definitely, wealth is an inspiration to help us to travel. But what about faith? Will faith make you travel? It made these men travel. Notice what they said here in verse 2. In verse 2, notice the question. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Not if, but where. Look at that first word, where. There was faith, not that he was, the faith was that he was already born. He knew they were born. They, that wasn't the question anymore. The question was where he was born. I think that's fascinating. That these men would give up life and limb to, to take this trip. Back then, traveling in, the, in that area was a very dangerous, very dangerous for them. But they were willing to do that. Can you imagine if you were going on a trip and you were packing up and your neighbor came over and they asked you these questions. Where are you going on your journey? And you'd answer, I don't know. How far are you going? Don't know. How long are you going to go? Be gone. Don't know. If you had asked a wise man at that time, starting out on his journey, he had no clue how long, where, or how long he was going to stay. But you know, that must, we must say the same thing about Abraham. If you study the Old Testament, you see that he left his home for the promised land. You must say the same thing about Noah. Noah was building a boat, not just a little boat, an ark. Even though they never had seen rain at the time, he built a boat that took faith. If you ask Peter, Andrew, John, and James, when they left their fishing for fish to fish for men, they didn't know what they didn't know where this was going to end. They didn't know the end game. Folks, faith is a wonderful thing. Some would say it's a scary thing. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's an exciting thing. If you think ministering, serving God is boring, you're totally wrong. And you haven't met the God that these men, these wise men have met. It took faith to take that step, to move, to, 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 to change their plans. A lot of us, we're so start set on what our plans are. 
In a ministry, one thing I've learned is I, I do a David Letterman top 10 list. Y'all remember David Letterman? I used to watch him. I actually had some friends one time during this month in college. They invited me to go with them. We were going road trip all the way to New York to go see David Letterman. Well, I, I, had a, I decided not to go. They went on anyhow. And when they got there, he was not televising any shows at that time. So they drove all the way to New York City for David Letterman and didn't even get to see David Letterman. But from David Letterman, I used to do a top 10 list. He, does, he used to do one every um, show he had. But what I do every day is I do the most important thing I think I need to do, and I'm praying about this, and I do the second one and third one and fourth one, all the way down to 10, and it sometimes bleeds into 11 and 12 and 13. It gets up. It gets a little complex sometimes, but I'm amazed that as I start that list, God comes in and intervenes and changes all my numbers all around, and His will begins to happen and not my will. But I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And one of the things I pray is, Thy will be done. Not Joey's will. Do you know what that takes? Faith. Trusting God that He knows better than I do. His plans, His design, and here these, these, three, these wise men, not three wise men, these wise men were walking by faith. And here's a fact. God's journey always involves faith. Listen to me. God's journey, if you're, doing, if you're, if you're walking with Him, it's going to take faith. Listen to Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Who was seeking Him? These wise men. These wise men came and they were, they were traveling together, but they were traveling by faith. But let me tell you, people of faith have to be willing to respond to the challenges of the unknown. And this has happened throughout the history of Christianity. One of my favorite heroes of the faith is a man named William Carey. This, the seminary I went to had a whole building dedicated to William Carey. He was a shoemaker. And one day he heard a message and he heard that millions of people in India had never heard about Jesus Christ. And he took the Great Commission seriously. And he felt led to go to India. And when he, and when he first felt this calling, he had men in the church tell him, young man, sit down. That's not, you don't need to worry. God will save those people over in India. But God had put a burden on William Carey. And he went to India. Seven years. Nothing. Nothing. You would have called him a failure for seven years. No converts. Roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. But God was moving and God was working. And here was a man, a person of faith, and he trusted God even when he couldn't see outward success. 
He trusted the God who called him to go to India. And after being there for many years, God blessed. And at the end of his life, he had hundreds of churches and thousands of converts in India. And today, he is known as the father of modern missions. He and um, a person of faith. Folks, if you're going to do the journey, it has to be by faith. And the second point I want to make today is that wise man's journey is one of worship. Look at verse 11. Notice what happens. It says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And what did they do? They fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Folks, this was a, a the purpose behind this, this, this journey was to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They called him the King of the Jews, but we know him as Jesus. Amen. I'm so glad they, they took this, this opportunity to worship the king. And think about this. Think about the gifts. Gold represented wealth, and it was the gift fitted for kings. And Jesus was the king of kings. And so gold was a fitting gift to give to the king. But also frankincense was sap of a tree that was dried and hardened. And they used it for incense to worship, to worship the God through incense and, and thus we see the gift of deity here. And Jesus was the Son of God and is the Son of God. The third gift was myrrh, and this was fragrance. A fragrance perfume that was used to anoint the dead. Understanding that Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. That he was born to die. And he was born to die for our sins. I can't think of Christmas now without thinking of Easter. Those two, those two celebrations are blurred in my, my own eyes. I used to, as a kid, could separate the two. But the older I get, Easter and Christmas. Because every Sunday is Easter, amen? And every Sunday is Christmas. Because we worship. We worship the King of Kings. And we worship the Son of God. The son of lamb. And, and, and so we need to, and one thing, and here's the fact I want you to understand. Worship always involves sacrifice. Always. Was there a price to be paid by these wise men to worship? Of course there was. Uh, giving themselves through this journey. First of all, Time. I mean, what's the old say, what's the saying we say in America? Time is what? Time's money, right? Time's money. I hear it all the time. Some people say I'd rather give you money than give you my time. I thought I'd hear an amen because a lot of y'all believe that. Amen. Honestly, y'all y'all still asleep. Y'all need to wake up now. Come on. Y'all come with me on this journey just for a short period more time, okay? But these wise men were on this journey to worship. And worship means sacrifice. And these men were willing to sacrifice, not knowing where they were going to go, not knowing what they were going to meet, not knowing what dangers were out there. Many people lost their lives on those roads while they traveled. 
But they were willing to do that so that they could worship. David in 2 Samuel 24, 24 said this, and this is an awesome statement. He said, I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I mean, sacrifice hurts. Worship hurts sometimes. You've already sacrificed today, have you not? Some some of your sacrifices are just getting out of bed this morning, amen? Some of y'all would... Uh, I, I work out, um, and I work out pretty early in the morning, but sometimes I, I, um, I don't. And I have people who, can, who, who sort of pick at me when I miss. And I always tell them I have the rollover disease. Do y'all know what the rollover disease is? A lot of Baptists have it, amen? That means when the alarm goes off, what happens? You cut it off and you roll over, okay? And you stay there. That's the rollover disease. I now we updated it to a virus because it's, it's very <laughs> contagious. Okay? I mean, uh, you know, it's just, it, it takes a lot to get out of bed on the weekends for some, for some people. Okay? I don't have a problem on weekends getting out of bed. I like to come to church on Sunday. Workouts, not so much, but church, I'm there. But it costs, it costs you your time. You could be doing something else today. You could be traveling. You could be going, doing one of your hobbies. But this is a time that you have sacrificed. You've given to the Lord. Now, let me tell you this. If you're going to sacrifice it, then be here. I've been in a pew where you've been sitting before. And I've been in a pew where I wasn't there. My mind was a thousand miles away. I was thinking of other things. When I was growing up, there's two things I thought about in church a lot. Who the Cowboys were playing and what was for lunch. Those are two battling. And when, oh, the third one was when was the preacher going to let us go? Okay. And that happened to be my dad. And so, and I knew he could go. I know I got it right now. There's a spiritual battle going on right now. And, and Satan is, is battling your mind to let you. Think about something else rather than focusing. And this is your act of worship right now. It's to pay attention. I want you to understand this. My gift, my my sacrifice today is this message. This is my service. This is what God has called me to do. But what God has called you to do, and is so as, as much as important as my message is, is what you're doing. And that's listening with these two things. Okay, and allowing what God has to say to you to penetrate your mind, not only to stimulate your brain, but also change your life. That's what worship does. And so I pray that you benefit from this today. I pray that you participate in this. Folks, the greatest gift, the greatest sacrifice you can give to God today is you. You say... I've given nothing but you have. One thing I know about God is this. He always wants more. He wants all of us. He wants 100% of our minds, our body, our soul. So the fact is, what God wants most of all above everything else is you. Third thing, and this is the last point, and this is found in the last verse, verse 12. 
Wise men's journey is one of change. Notice what happens. Then being what? My Bible says divinely warned. God warned them. God spoke to them. So that tells me that they were listening. God can speak, but we don't have to listen. Amen? Women should have said amen to that since yesterday. Take out the trash. Was anybody listening? But is anybody listening? God spoke to them and divinely warned them in a dream that they should not return to Herod. And they departed for their own country. What? Another way. Isn't it interesting that after they worshiped Jesus, that they could not go back the same way they came? I find that fact to be so today. Once you've met God, you can never be the same. It's refreshing to meet people who've experienced God. It's refreshing to see somebody who's been changed by God. I'm a little offended if somebody comes up to me and says, you haven't changed a bit. And they hadn't seen me in 10 or 15 years. You haven't changed a bit. I said, you just don't know how much I've changed. Because guess who's working on me? Who's working on you? God's working on us. Amen. The Holy Spirit is working on us. And that word change should not be a bad word. Because I was a wreck. And he's changing me. Amen. I thank God for His changes that He's made in my life. Think about those who have had encounters with God in the Bible. Jacob wrestled with God. And he never walked the same again. Isaac stepped into the presence of God and listened to what he said in Isaiah 6, verse 5. He says, I understand that. For I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. Stop there just for a second. Have you seen the king? Have you seen him? If you have, you'll never be the same. Amen? You cannot be the same. And I'm so thankful that he saw the king. The Lord of hosts. He was never the same again. Job, God bless him, the life that he had and all the suffering that he experienced and all the concerns of his suffering. And he continued to go to God and God finally showed up. And then Job said this when God showed up. He says, I'm speechless and all words fail me. I should never have opened my mouth. I talk too much, way too much. And I'm ready to shut up and listen to what God had to say. Folks, when God shows up, typically we do quiet down. Folks, that's what happens when the presence of God shows up. Those three men, those, once tradition's too real in my head, but these wise men met Jesus. And when they met Jesus, they were never the same again. Notice they bowed down, they worshipped Him. They experienced Him and they changed Him. And guess what? If God has never changed you, I encourage you today to experience Jesus for the first time. This room is full of people who have encountered God. We all have a, 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 a testimony that, 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 that 
that has at its beginning, at its introduction, an encounter with God. And he's changed our lives. If you can't say that, we're going to, at the close of the service, we're going to, during the invitation, we're going to welcome you to come to the back and let us share more about that. Because let me tell you, best decision I ever made was putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. And praise God, he's always there. He's irritating sometimes. Amen. Can I say that? You know why I can say that? Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. I still sin today. I promise you yesterday was Christmas. And I know I wasn't perfect yesterday. Amen. Were y'all? Anybody? Anybody batting a thousand yesterday? Guess what? Did the Holy Spirit get a hold of you? Say amen. I'm thankful for that. Folks, the wise men give us a, a great lesson of how to walk by faith. They give us a great lesson of how to worship Him. But also they give us a great lesson that changes a part of encountering God. And my prayer is this, that that is your testimony today. Folks, I'm looking forward to seeing 2021 being in the rearview mirror. Amen? I'm looking forward to seeing it way behind me. But folks, we got a, a path in front of us that has to be by faith that you go on this destiny, this, this journey. I pray that 2022 will be a time of faith, worship, and change. For all of us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much that we have this opportunity during an invitation, Lord, to respond to what you have in store, what you've just given us. I pray, Father, that we've listened, that we've participated in this time of worship. I pray, Father, I try my best to be obedient to what you've commanded me to do. And I pray, Father, at this time, we, we allow your spirit to work to work in our minds, to work in our hearts. And I pray, Father, that you'll begin to work in a way, Lord, that will glorify you and enrich those that you're working on. I thank you, Father, for each person here today that has accepted you as their Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Father, for the plans that you have for them for this upcoming year. But, Father, I want to pray for those who have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. That this would be the appointed time. That they would accept you as their Lord and their Savior. And make you the King of kings in their lives. Because you already are the King of kings. I pray, Father, that you'll open their eyes to see what they've been blind to. And that, Father, that you would receive glory from their lives. And that they will be enriched with purpose and love and joy and peace and all the other blessings, Lord, that you have in store for them. And Father, for eternal life. And Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
brief moment of a family business time here. In just a moment, but before you sit down, I want you to think about those last words we've just sung. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without. Have you ever been there? That's a daily path for me. And so if you feel God tugging at your heart, there's still time to talk to one of those guys out back.